Welcome in, GPS to God. We're so glad you're here. And we are also glad to have back with us Mr. Adam French. Thanks for coming back, buddy. Honored to be here. Excited. Uh, like I said, we got to get some kind of like special shirts that we wear when we're here. I'm tired of seeing that green. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, besides that, if we're here to talk yeah. about the Lord, that's good. It yeah. is. Well, man. he controls the lights on our little backdrop here, and he, he flips it to Dude, Eagles man. Green. You got to know what there. you're stepping yeah. into when you yeah. go in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know what you're stepping into. I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. But uh, we got Adam French with us, Zach Edson, Stefano Patterson, and Daniel Sanders here on GPS to God. Make sure you go check out our website, gpstogod.com, and uh, you can drop us an email Mailroom at gps guidecom I forgot for a second. Bit of a pause there. I forgot. Mailroom at gps to guide I'm going without notes. Mailroom at gps guidecom Man, get on that website. Lots of cool stuff. Check out the latest episodes. You can donate some money. You can do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a partnership up there before long. We're going to get into that here in just a little bit. But uh, we didn't have a website last time you were here. We uh, we've upgraded well, we've upgraded a lot since you were here last. Moving time. up, and as they say, you know, you can't hide money, so yeah. you can't hide it. <laughs> well, so we've been looking for in. it. We've, <laughs> people been hiding it everywhere. We've been looking. We've been hey, looking. I mean, yeah, new new uh, what is this? Headphones, headphones, yeah. and green lights, and yeah. it's just like wow. Yeah, well, I mean, we were in a shoebox last time Adam was here. So episodes wise, he was here just not that many episodes ago, but time-wise, in real time, it's been probably four months or more. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. So, because we took off, uh, we had maybe th- two, three months between, uh, we took a break there between recording episodes. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're watching this, he's, he was just here, you know, a few episodes <laughs> back, but in the real world, it's been a, been a minute. It's been a little bit. So, <laughs> but, uh, man, we're going to get into a lot, um, the big thing, though, that we're going to hit on is uh, something Adam talked about in his last episode was recovery refuge, and like we said, a lot of you know, quite a bit of time has passed, and we got some news we're going to share about that. We're going to get into all that, but first, we're going to talk a little bit of sports. He brought up the Eagles. We're not going to talk about the Eagles, <laughs> but uh, let's let, let, talk about them in January. <laughs> talk about how they're wow. getting ready for the draft. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! But. Uh, I give one shot after y'all. Y'all give me like seven yeah. shots, well, so I, no, I can come back with yeah, no, one every one keep, for every seven. Yeah. You start keep filling the roster with ex Titans, and you know they're gonna. It's inevitable that they're gonna be good. You can label this episode yeah, so. like salty Titans. Fans, <laughs> man. It's unfortunate. Hey, when the when when it happened, I I thought the same thing y'all are thinking now. Why on earth? Why? But y'all weren't thinking that now because y'all were like, oh. Let AJ go. He's not a big deal. Okay. It's a lot of y'all. Like, we had a vote. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. I did. I did. I keep receipts, man. I keep receipts, man. I keep receipts, man. But it's all good. Adam's being a little quiet over there, but I see his Instagram stories. He's got a couple young bucks in his house that get get some Instagram time with some video clips. So what grade are your kids in? Uh, I have an eighth grader and a sixth grader. So my eighth grader is uh, – Quarterback at TW Hunter, plays outside linebacker. And then my sixth grader is running back and linebacker for the junior books, which I am the head coach of. So that's <laughs> my third year in a row. It's been fun. Enjoy doing it. Uh, it's really – it gives me an opportunity to, to mold young men. You know, all we talk about is manhood and what it means to be a man. Four things I talk about is attitude, 
you know, yes, sir, no, sir. You can control your attitude and you can control your effort 100%. And then the last two things are focus. If you know your job, you know what you're supposed to do, each and every play will be successful. And the last is faith. Believe that your God, he got you out here, he made you play football. You got to believe in him and believe in yourself. I love the opportunity that football gives uh, to teach so many life lessons. I know it's about winning and there's a lot of hoopla around <laughs> it, but the truth is when you get out there in that field, I learned this as a youth pastor. I remember coming home and telling my wife um, I would come to Stratford and uh, Maurice Fitzgerald, one of my heroes, was, uh, he was a long time, 40 years in Metro football. But one of the things uh, I told my wife, I said, he has a greater influence than I do because he's with them every day, three hours after school. It's him and his team. I get them on Wednesdays and Sundays, and he, he kind of I can't in between. But so this opportunity to coach has been a blessing because I get to speak into the lives of men, and also I get to be there. I'm guaranteed time with my boys. <laughs> That's right. Know, so That's right. it's a blessing. Absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of thing. One, one more plug for the Fitzgeralds while we're on that is that they have an organization called Full Motion, and so for many, many years behind the scenes, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Maurice Fitzgerald and his wife and their entire family have invested in young men and women and helped them to prepare for their ACT scores. So not only was he day in and day out um, in the trenches with young men and typically in areas where, you know, uh, low impoverished areas, things like that, he was also helping men and young women prepare for SAT to get into college. So you can look behind him, which is what we want for every man. That's what we want, right, to look behind us and see a whole group of, of men that are following us in the right direction, right? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so when you look at Maurice Fitzgerald, you're going to see not just his life but just a line of men who have went to college and have for the first time in their families. I mean, so there's so much life change behind him, and he, he doesn't promote that, but he did that while being a full-time teacher and a coach, and a husband, and a father. So um, big wow. shout-out to him and, and that whole family. And just retired, uh, I think, uh, this last year. Um, this, yeah, this is maybe his first year, maybe second year uh, that he didn't coach. But uh, So there's a lot of opportunities in football and sports. We talk it up, um, but you talk about GPS to God. A lot of people find their way to God through football. And I've talked about this last time I was here. If it wasn't for a football field or a basketball court, I don't know where I would have been because my dad was on – my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was on drugs. There was nobody at home. The hours I spent out there was a safe place for me. I didn't have a safe place at home. So, uh, it's, it's, I love it. I, don't give me – I can't stop talking about football, right? <laughs> uh, so, what kind of dad are you? Are you the – man, I just show up, I'm sitting quietly, and we talk after the game. Are you the – I scream at the coach from the sideline. Or. <laughs> I don't scream at the coach because this is really the first time I haven't coached, right? Okay. And so I know what coaches – and I think I can tell by and large if a coach is in it for the team or in it for something else, right? Right. So I think this coach by – you know, his coach, his football coach is in it for the team. But I, I try and leave the coaches alone. I, that doesn't mean I agree with them. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't yell at the coaches a lot from the sidelines. No, I think no, it's just a topic but, that should be talked about more. If you think about it, from from thirteen and under, most coaches are dads, mm. and it's always you hear you know the squeaky chain gets the oil. Like yeah. you always hear the bad dad or this, but you 
rarely hear, you know, there's average of 12, 14 teams, and there's always the stories of the one parent that's bad, but then there's the other 25 dads who work all day, eight hours, come home, run home, get their kids. They're very realistic. They're very um, upfront with their parents, honest with their kids. They're there for the right reasons. And, you know, there's a, the daddy ball is obviously a negative thing, but the dad coach I think is amazing. I think it's just a wonderful opportunity for men to step up and be there and be available. And I know even at, here at Parkway there's a lot of men that uh, step up in the church that maybe not even have a um, child just in y'all's basketball program. So yeah. that's one of my your, phrases, fall in love with the work. And almost every practice, if you're out there, you're hearing me screaming it, fall in love with the work. I'll make them re- repeat it. Because, you know, if you can fall in love with the day-to-day grind, the day-to-day, it's the journey. It's not the outcomes. Yeah. So we, that's why we live in so much disappointment is because we have these, we have these unrealistic expectations because we're so focused on the outcome instead of focused on the present, where my hands, where my feet are. I love to teach men that. Stay focused where your feet are. Do what you're supposed to do in the present, and then leave the – don't be on the results committee. (laughs) Let God take care of the results. And if you fall in love with that, man, that's where I feel like when um, David's talking about teach us to number our days and lengthen our days. That's how we lengthen our days and shorten our years is by, man, fall in love with the work. So – Great advice, Dad Coach. That's right. And that's one of the things that goes against that approach is that it's all about the highlight. Mm-hmm. The, the top or, ten. Unless ESPN. you have unless you have a coach that is and that's what's I don't want to sound like the old man or anything, but that's what's wrong with most coaches. I wouldn't say most well, some. They don't have the priorities right as far as building young men, building character, instead mm-hmm. of just going after and it's hard now. I mean, it's hard now than it, than it has, you know, 10 or 15 years ago because everything's on social media, everything's on the mm-hmm. ESPN highlight and everything like that. So it's 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 comforting when you have coaches that coach the right way. And, that, and that's difficult because society kind of goes against that, unfortunately. Well, so. a lot of things, um, you know, a lot of kids don't understand. They see these guys on TV. Those guys have put in the work. They've been out there grinding. Yeah. I mean, they're – they're practicing, you know, and they're professional, so that's their job, but hours a day. Right. So you see just a little little bit of, you know, them dunking on somebody or, or touchdown runs or mm-hmm. whatever. You're, the you're seeing the result. You're, you're not seeing, seeing the, the work. You're seeing the result mm-hmm. of the work. Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. Does your son give you, since it's closed practices, I know I have friends that kids play on teams and they just ask them how to practice go and they just say, oh, it went good. Whatever does he give you? Does he give you details or anything like that? Do you ask him like how's practice going and everything like that, or do you just wake up or do you just walk in the game just blind, not knowing now what's we, going on? Yeah, we anything? talk every day. Yeah, <clears throat> about you know what's happening in his life. Gotcha. But yeah, it's a lot of. I try not to, you know, bombard him when he gets out. If I pick him up, you know, how you doing? How was your day? Right. The, I, and it's funny. This is people may not like. I don't know. I always ask like, what'd you have for lunch? Because I always try to make it personal, right. you know, like, hey, man, I care about what you're eating, sure. you know, like, so that's one of my big <laughs> things. Every time I pick them up, I'm like, man, what was for lunch today? Uh, you know, did you like it? You didn't? Okay. You know, just trying to be right. in touch with what's happening. But right. my one of my things I do with my kids is at night, is I've always done this, is is to go in and pray with them. So they, they get and they get other stuff, we get in there, and 
that's kind of a time, you know, kids always get spiritual right before bedtime, right? Because <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> they don't want to go get out. Like, come on out. now. That's the, if you want to get theological, man, right before bed, that's when you get to bed. Dad's always say, hey, man, when I try to do my, you know, my family devotion at dinner or this, I'm like, man, just right before bed, man. Everybody's going to be focused. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to sleep. But um, that's when I'll kind of check in and say, well, the day and, hey, yeah. what's going on? Like, yeah. how did you throw? How did you do this? And, yeah. and get details. And um, But I'm definitely more interested in what's going on in practice than he's willing to give out, you know, and <laughs> understanding that, you know, that's not as important to him. Right. But for me, it's also like trying to have, like, these realistic conversations like, hey, everything doesn't have to be good. Yeah. I've seen that more with my oldest son of wanting to say, man, it's good. How'd you throw? Man, I threw great. Mm. Well, did you? Right. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, man, it's okay to have like an off day. It's okay to say, right. man, I, I threw the ball terrible today, but I'm still the starting quarterback, right. Dad. <laughs> like I'm not looking for – because you did – my praises aren't on the tip of my tongue based right. on your performance. Yeah. Right. It's like I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, those are the, yeah. It's, it's a it's a drawing it out and it's a <laughs> it's a I feel like you're all I'm always coaching you know my kids on you know how to a lot of things. I think we do we talk less of this with with young men. It's really teaching them how to express themselves emotionally. Everything says hide hide your emotions. You know, I have also, you know, having, um, you know, this is kind of a sensitive subject, but having mixed children too, you know, it's like, hey, the angry black man. So it's like, hey, everything, he's even more reserved, you know, mm -hmm. more wanting to bottle it in, you know. So it's like I'm always talking about, man, how are you feeling? Put words to what's happening, putting words to your emotions. If you had asked me when I was 14, you know, how you felt about, I mean, I could not describe any emotions. All right. Would no. Just be good. Yeah, good. Know? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it, right? <laughs> I, I was there's a there's a there's a phrase that, or there's a there's an idea that says like when you're hurt, right? If you have you, you're so hurt that you want to hide it. So the whole idea of like I'm fine mm -hmm. is that hey, I don't want to have to dig deep into what I'm saying. Gloss over it. So you just it's yep. a shutdown. It's a close the door. Yep. Like hey, I'm fine because. If I have to walk, I don't want to bring up this hurt because then I have to feel it. That's the whole reason why I'm hiding it, <laughs> you know. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, just it's 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 amazing what um, the the football can bring in. You have to keep that balance where it doesn't become like the priority of your whole family. Sports can kind of take over the rhythm of your family, so you have to fight against that. You know, like hey, it's more important that we have dinner tonight. It's more important that. Uh, you know, no, you're not spending the night somewhere because every night this week we've been at football and basketball. We need family mm -hmm. time. So, like, putting those – and I think uh, you have to be present as a man to, to to feel that, and it's a lot easier. And I failed at going, ah, yeah, y'all just – I'm going to sell on the TV because I'm so exhausted. Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch football, mm -hmm. right, instead of saying, no, you can't go here. We need to be – we need to all be sitting on the couch together tonight. Um, so we it's, we have to fight against that passivity. I'm big on it. Men have to fight for their families because before you know it, the boys will be gone, the girls will be gone, and you have you don't have an opportunity to shape and mold them. Yeah. I do talk to Carter about practice, but this is his first year playing football. He's mm -hmm. never played before. So he went through spring practice and all that kind of stuff. So at the beginning it was like, hey, man, how was practice? 
and he was, you know, fine. Well, what what you do? What was a drill that you did? But for him, it was he had never done it before, so he was excited about man. Today we hit the tackling sleds and <laughs> yeah. all the you know That's stuff cool. he's seen in movies or whatever. Yeah. Well, tell me about that. What y'all do? So you know, tell me the drills. And that was early on, but like when we get to the regular season practice, you know, what did you do? And now it's about like more mental preparation mm-hmm. uh, and like. Uh, you know, what 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 y'all work on today? Did you do team stuff? Did you do individual stuff? Well, we did some team stuff, but I didn't really get in. Well, why not? What happened? Well, I could have got in, but somebody else just beat me out there. And I said, so that's an attitude thing, right? Like, or an effort thing. I said, that has nothing to do with the coach or your teammates. That's just your yeah, effort yeah. Mm-hmm. level. I said, you control that. And if, you know, if, if you're just out there to, to uh, you know, be with your friends and hang out and be on the – well, that's fine, but mm-hmm. you need to determine why are you out there. What are you trying to do mm-hmm. being out there, you know, and the mental side. And, and it's for him, it's not, I tell, it's not about his performance, right? Uh, he came in a couple of weeks ago before he broke his wrist. He's like, Dad, I got to tell you something. I was like, what? What's up, man? How's it going? He's like, I got pancake today hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, really? Because he, he, he normally is offensive line – Every once in a while, he'll get like defensive scout team or something. He said, "Man, I was out there and I kind of did a little block, took a step back, and this dude came and just leveled me." I was like, <laughs> "Did you just like, you know, space out or what?" He said, "Well, the it was a run play and it went to the other side, so I kind of relaxed and I was just chilling, and then I was on my back." <laughs> so, but I mean, just for him, it's like you know, the mental side of it. What are you doing? What are you, you know, control what you can control, your effort, your attitude, how you interact with your teammates and yeah. all that kind of stuff more than the, are you throwing the ball well? Did yeah. you catch a touchdown? Did you pancake yeah. somebody? You know, it's not about that side of it. It's about, because, yeah. I mean, that's going to carry him forward through high school, through adulthood, your attitude, your effort, what you can control. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure for you, I mean, as well, being a head coach, I mean, you're building a program, and like you said, you have to fight against that urge to turn that, turn football off and family mm-hmm. on because, right. I mean, you could easily every night just bury yourself in that or whatever like that and just, you know, let the family thing go to the side. But that's, uh, that's good that you – It's a hard That's balance. a good thing that you have to be intentional yeah, to hard balance for to people that are competitive. For you sure, know, we're all competitive. Yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Because your juices are going and everything. Yeah. You got a successful team, and yeah. you know you don't want to not prepare for something or anything. Mm-hmm. So you can lose yourself probably, and yeah, you know, thinking about that all night. I got a whistle that uh, I, I. Well, I'll say this: I've got a F three fifty. It's twenty two years old. It was my my <laughs> biological father's truck, and I only drive it to football practice. We get in there, it's kind of like, well, I've been doing it forever. So the <laughs> truck starts up, they know we're going to football. And so they'll hop in the back, we'll drive over there. But when I get in there, when practice is over, I get in, I take off my whistle, and I hang it on the, the rearview mirror, yeah. and football's done. Yeah. Now, it may not be done in my preparation. I right. may watch a video or whatever, you know. Yeah. But as far as Joseph, mm-hmm. he, you know, I'm not his coach anymore. Yep. Yeah. As soon as I get in there, yeah, Yeah. it's like we want to eat. And man, I hope mom made dinner. Well, if she didn't, don't say anything, man. All right, don't say a word. You know, you walk in, you're starving after football, and you don't smell anything. Don't say a word. 
Let me figure out how to approach it. Just put your head down. Yeah. Just put uh, your head down. So we both don't get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I'll just start making ramen noodles, and unless she stops me, we'll eat noodles. Go, yeah, go get the shower. Turn the shower on. Let the water warm That's up. That's right. But uh, if you did not listen to Adam's last episode, go and listen to that. He gets into his life story, and it is great, and how God um, protected him and guided him uh, really from childhood on through a lot of a lot of uh, things he kind of mentioned just a little bit earlier, but uh, the the name of that episode is Hearing the Silence. Go check that episode out. It is great. And one of the things that uh, briefly touched on was um, your ministry that you were starting up, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. We've got some big things going on here in a uh, just a couple of weeks coming up, so Man, hit us up with the news. Let, let's yeah. let's get into that. Awesome, awesome. I want to take a couple seconds here, a few minutes, maybe just tell the backstory because um, it's just God's story, and I want to give Him all the glory. And we, uh, you know, I pastored at Long Hollow after the Lord had completely changed my life as a youth pastor, and then uh, we felt like God was calling us to Memphis, and we started a ministry called The View, and uh, really just took off. Um, just incredible time there, and. But while we were there, God started really to urge in our hearts, and we felt like God was telling us to come back to um, this area. And uh, I know uh, Robbie wouldn't mind me saying, I'm, I texted Robbie, I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to come back, you know, you got a job. He's like, I, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, what in the world, you know? <laughs> and so so we, we literally drove back with a U-Haul and just our stuff three years ago um, with not, not, not a plan. The plan was trust God. And I pulled up in, uh, we drove back. We're going to stay at my mom's house. We got everything in U-Haul. I pull in, I get a call from a guy, and he's like, hey, man, I just want to let you know I've been lying to you. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm about to lose everything. I'm, I'm using again. And I just pulled into the driveway, and that was my first day back in Nashville. And uh, I was like, okay. So I started walking with him through a year. And um, in that year time, in that, in that time, um, he struggled tremendously, and it was actually on Christmas Eve that he had called and and just said, "Hey, you know, my wife kicked me out. She caught me again. Like I, I got to do something different." And that's when my wife and I really were burdened because we kept we couldn't find a place that we felt good about sending him, a place that would not give him um, medication administration treatment. So there's a thing called MAT which is when you have an addiction, you come to a treatment facility, they're going to diagnose you um, based on your, your addiction, and they're going to prescribe you a synthetic medication that will supposed to help you taper off. And in my you know, 13 years of sobriety, I've got a degree in counseling, and as a, an ordained pastor, I've been ministering to men specifically with addiction. I've yet to see anybody successfully taper off of, of, of drugs through medication administration treatment. And in that time, since we've been using this as a society, the overdose death rate has risen. So in Sumner County alone, every 48 hours, someone overdoses and dies. Hmm. Wow. Every 48 hours. Well, we don't even have a, a coroner in Sumner County. So that means if someone passes away and you want to get the body Exam, uh, autopsy done. You have to pay. Send them to Davidson, uh, uh, Davidson County, and that's where that stat comes from. So you know, we just filmed a whole bunch of stuff today with, with some EMS people, and uh, one guy told me in a in a twenty four hour period, as working for Sumner County EMS, twelve overdoses. Wow. 
So there's this there's this epidemic, right? People are dying left and right, and what we have the opportunities we have for them are not successful. They're not being successful. So we started to be burdened about it, and I was like, man, I don't I don't want to be the recovery guy. Like that's my story. I, I'm supposed to be like a pastor. I'm, my next step is being a lead pastor. I love to teach the Bible. You know, I could. You, you guys can say I can sit and talk about anything, right? <laughs> so, um, but God just began to just shake, shake me, and shake me, and shake me, and squeeze us, and and we could not, we could not let it go. And so we said we're going to pray for ten months. We pray for ten months. At the end of that ten months, uh, we filed the paperwork to start our five hundred one c three, which is Recovery Refuge. We had everything back within the next four months, which is unheard of. Normally it takes anywhere from eight to 12, six six at the earliest. So we had all of our paperwork, everything from the IRS, fully legal. And um, then I get a call from uh, a a friend of mine. He says, hey, I heard about what you're doing. Can you meet me? He hands me a $100,000 check. And I'm like, what's this? He said, this is for Recovery Refuge. Wow. That was on a Monday. Well, then I get a call from Long Hollow, actually, church. They said, hey, listen, we heard about what you're doing. We've been praying about this. You didn't know this, but we have always wanted to do this. We've always wanted to have a place for people to come because we every Sunday morning we have men and women come forward, and they're in need. They need a place to send them. There's a big Celebrate Recovery at, at Long Hollow on Monday nights, and but some people need to get away. And um, they said, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We just we believe in you. We're going to... We're going to join in with you, so we're going to do our Easter offering. We're going to take a big portion of that, and we're going to send it to you. I'm like, okay, Lord, like, what's going on here? <laughs> and so it just it just started to fan the flame. God just continued to push it and push it, and I've been able to meet uh, with Governor Bill Lee twice uh, and, and discuss um, this opportunity. And and so now we said, look, we there's so many people that are behind this. My original model was 2024. Maybe we'll be able to, you know, have our first, you know, we'll be able to find some land by having, raising money on that time. 2025, we might have a, our first person, right? Well, you know, now we're, we're looking at land. We, you know, I believe that we'll have our first man in 2023 next year because it's God's plan. You know, it was all God's vision, all God's dream. And so what's coming up on October the 13th, it's a Thursday night, so Thursday October the 13th from 6 to 7.30 is our inaugural dinner. And uh, so you can go to recoveryrefuge.care if you want to learn more about that or sign up or register. It's free. And so that night, we want to do two things. One, we want to bring awareness, right? We want to let people know what's happening in your neighborhood, in your backyard, in your school systems, because it is happening, and nobody's talking about it. You know, just... The Vietnam War, 14, 16 years, 87,000 people died. In 2020, 91,000 people overdosed and died. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking a decade-plus-long decade war compared to one year of overdose. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about it in, in, in terms of solutions in the church. So we want to bring awareness to that, and we want to show what our plan is. And a little piece of that plan is is that when someone comes forward on Sunday on a Sunday morning or a family member that you may have, you we want you to turn to the church. You know, we want you to turn to the body of Christ and we want and I'm actually talking with Pastor Matt about this too, about him being a partner. We want them to call us and a man can come and stay with us for eight months. And I won't get into all the details of the program, but they'll stay with us for eight months. And at the end of that eight month, it'll kind of vary based on um, their situation, 
right? A man who doesn't need a job, uh, that's going to look different from a man who does need a job, so forth. For after that eight months, it's going to look a little bit different. But the plan is we're going to stay with them for 36 months. Jesus stayed with the disciples for three years. So you think about 12 men that were face-to-face with God for three years, and one of them didn't get it. So how long does it going to take us through the re- relational discipleship to change the trajectory of a man's life, right? And so um, so we want to bring awareness and talk about what's going on, what's happening, and there is so much more that you need to know as a parent, as a grandparent, as a father, as a mother, about the things that are out there that are not that are scary for your kids, you know, and, and what's happening around you. And the other thing is resources. You know, at the end of the night, we'll, we'll make an ask. Uh, we found 30 acres in Westmoreland that um, has a barn dominium on it. We don't have to buy it. If somebody wants to give us land, we'll take it, right? <laughs> we are praying. I've been praying for 40 acres plus, right? We, we need <laughs> land. Like we right. do. We need land. And we've got some resources already. But this will help us kind of get to the place that we need to purchase that land. And so that's what October the 13th is about, you know, is to wear, bring awareness and to raise resources to, to launch this and have a safe place when someone comes forward um, during an altar call. You know, and we, we hope that they'll come from the church, and then we want to be able to be the avenue that they come back to the church and be givers in the church, be a part of the, the body of Christ and serving and giving and, and that sort of thing. So uh, that's the recovery refuge in a, in a nutshell. There's, you, you can, I don't mind about talking about any details, but I don't know how far in the weeds you want to get. Oh, we're going to go as far as you want to go. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the dinner because we— sure. um, well, I was going to ask about that. Is it like you sponsor a table? Uh, you, you mentioned it's free, so you show up, or is it on the individual to, as they feel led? Or yeah, know, how, how are you? Yeah, so the way we do it right now is we have table hosts. So it's it's um, a table host. There's six there's six seats at a table. So if you're listening, and you say, "Man, I, I've got five other people that I can bring with me." Like there's five other people. I'll come. I know I can fill a table. Then you can go to recoveryrefuge.care, and you'll see a there's a banner across that says sign up for the banquet. You click it. At the bottom of that, it'll say it'll say table host, and you click that, and you can you can be a recovery uh, or you can be a you can host a table. And um, so what what'll happen is is you'll just um, when that when you sign up, I'll send you a sample text and email that you can easily copy paste and send out to your friends. And we've got a digital flyer, so I try to make it easy for you. Like I'm <laughs> I'm giving you everything you need, fellas, ladies. Like I'm giving it all to you. You copy paste it, send it, and then they'll click a link. When they click the link, they fill out their information, and then your name will be a table host because automatically you go in there and they select your name and they're at your table and. The reason why that happens is because when you arrive on October the 13th at 6, you'll come in, you'll have a name tag, it'll have your table, you'll go to your table, grab your plate, get your food, sit down, and then we'll give you a couple minutes to start eating, and then the kind of the night starts. Um, but it's, yeah, there's, I'm not doing, um, you know, pay to play or pay to come. You don't, there's no um, fee to host a table. Anybody can come. If, if you don't feel like you can host a table, then you can select on the website where it says join any table. So if you go to recoveryrefuge.care, click that, it says join any table on the table host drop-down menu, and you can just sit anywhere. You can, you can select my name. Come sit at Adam French's table. I've got, I have, I'll have a bunch of tables come sit with me, and I'll be walking around meeting people. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thanks for asking that. We want, we want as many people as there as we can to bring awareness and to raise resources to start helping men today. Y'all have a max capacity right now? Um, we can we can have a hundred and the most ever at Long Hollow 
uh, a banquet was 125 tables. So we're right at 80 tables right now for our inaugural banquet. And so we're praying for 126. That's right. Breaking record. For, that, the, that, for the Eagles fans, right? That, we got to one-up people, man. That, that competitive spirit, it goes all over. The that's it. That's it. So October 13th, that's the date of the dinner coming up here in just a few weeks. What time does that start, or what's the time of the dinner? Yeah, 6 to 7.30. It's going to be a hard stop. Right at 7.30, we will stop. I really want it to be 6 to 7, but – then, you know, my wife is saying, you're going to make people eat fast, you know, so it's like, all right, I'm going to give people time to yeah. sit down and eat and kind of have some conversation, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But we've also, so our keynote speaker is actually Robbie Gallaty, who um, he'll have on May the 2nd, it'll be his 18 years of sobriety. Of course, Robbie's uh, done a whole bunch of things, written several books. He's a pastor at Long Hollow, um, but has a long, you know, has a great story of recovery and redemption and he started a ministry called Replicate Ministries, and him and I are really good friends. So he's going to share a little bit about his story. He's also going to talk about why, you know, why in our community, why why support a Recovery Refuge, why is this so important? Um, and also we've got, uh, I'm really excited about this, we have First Baptist Winchester in Gallatin. Their, their choir is going to be there. It's so the gospel choir is going to join in tandem with uh, Long Hollow Worship. So there should be some some cool music coming out. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, we're gonna put a little put a little feel on there, get a little spiritual, baby, dancing around. <laughs> you don't have whatever you feel. I don't care if you get up and run around like, hey, it's open, it's free. Uh, just don't knock anybody down. It's not football practice. <laughs> That's right. But uh, we're gonna worship together. We're gonna laugh. Uh, we're gonna cry. We're gonna we're gonna try to share the truth about where we are as a community. Um, and you don't just have to be in Sumner County. We're just kind of focusing on that, just to shed the light. Like, hey, most people would look over here and go. Man, this is a, a wealthier community, third wealthiest you know county. Like, hey, you would think that man, drugs, alcohol, it's low. It's like, no, it's not. Like, this is this is where I stay. We're the five. We're the fifth worst state in the nation when it comes to over overdose. And so wow. it's just, yeah, it's it's really really prevalent. And that's why you know uh, Bill Lee's so interested. He's excited about what we're doing, and um, I'm I'm excited about him. Um, you know, love being behind this and. Um, believing that there is another way than uh, medication administration treatment. I had that in my notes to ask you about uh, and just speak on a little bit, but you've touched on it. Uh, we don't, we don't, we're, we're in a bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Like we think, oh, we see this on TV. It's not in our neighborhoods. There's no uh, addiction problems or, around us, but it, I mean, it's next door. It's literally yeah. next door, and just you know, those people are in the shadows because they're, uh, you know, not in a great place. But uh, it's not something we just see on TV or in a movie or whatever. It is right here in the middle of wherever you live. If you are listening to this in whatever state, whatever country, the same thing is going on around you or close to you. You may not know it or realize it, but we're all in the middle of this this struggle. Yeah, and I think the biggest misconception about addiction is that people don't understand the evolution of it. <coughs> so, you know, 20 years ago, well, oh my gosh, no, I'm so old. 30 years ago, right, we would, uh, you know, you picture addiction as, you know, a, someone that's that's smoking crack, you know, somebody who's got crack rocks, you know, even, you know, you wouldn't even see like you would consider marijuana and 
cocaine is like these recreational drugs and things like that. And people almost would say, ah, oh, you know, when I was in college or high school, like did that, tried that, you know. You would say that with your buddies. You wouldn't say that on Sunday mornings from the pulpit, right? But we all get it. Like, hey, <laughs> things happen when we're young and we're not following Christ and we've fallen away. And I'm not encouraging that to anyone, but I'm saying those things are kind of acceptable. And we think yeah, the people who I'm talking about are not people that have done that. I'm talking about somebody who, you know, mom, you know, was a heroin addict or was in part. And that has totally changed. That's not why people are dying every 48 hours in Sumner County, right? I mean, it's the stories are unbelievable. Most of the stories that I hear now of deaths or people that are being addicted are because they had an injury. So we just talked about this. We're so competitive, right? We we don't know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I've stopped. I don't even play. I don't even play full court basketball, right? I'll play half court with my boys. That's about it. Like I've figured it out. I've seen enough ACLs and all that. Zach's looking saved. over here because we have a basketball I game just got this Saturday. Into a basketball game on Saturday, yeah. and I told them, "Have y'all checked the batteries in the defibrillator? Because I want to make sure should something happen that somebody can right. work those paddles. Just be careful on your cuts." Like the knees, uh, that's, that's, you know, they're next to the water fountains where you're going to find me. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, we're laughing about it, but let's just say Saturday, God forbid, someone were to get injured, right? You go to the doctor, they are going to give you, it depends on who it is, but a majority of them are going to give you something that's highly addictive. (laughs) For instance, Robbie, Robbie was driving, 18 wheeler, blew a tire, came up, hit the back of his car. Right, steep belt snap, broke a bunch of stuff in his back, goes to the doctor, doctor gives him Klodopin, I mean, stuff I can't even name, just over and over and over, right? Next thing you know, he's on the street. I mean, it, you, you think, ah, no. I just, I just literally talked to a friend of mine who um, I called before here, right, because I, I, I was asking him to help me pronounce my, 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 new, my book in Spanish. We're, we're going to plug we'll, that. We'll plug that later, right? My Colombian friend, Hater, I love him. Praise God. He's one of my best friends. He just had knee surgery. We were talking about this, and he said, Adam, like, when I took – he had Oxycontin. He said, I was in pain. He said, but when I finished, he's like, I, he's like, I, I felt this urge. Like, if – my wife wouldn't have been there if I wouldn't have known everything. He's like, it was so – he felt like he had withdrawals. He was sick. He had diarrhea. He only took it for a week. Yeah. So and, – and as I've been calling and recruiting people and talking about, hey, would you be a table host? I went through all my friends and said, hey, Joseph Table. Story after story of like, man, I had a root canal. And he's like, man, I – I'm thinking of Steve Reynolds, who actually is uh, one of the coaches at Knox Doss, coaches sixth grade and helps coach with the middle school. And he was telling me, he said, man, I, I've experienced that. You know, he had a, he had, he had something going on. I can't remember if it was his tooth or, or arm or something, but he was like, man, I could not believe, you know, when I didn't even take them all, I just took a couple when I was prescribed of how my body felt, like the sweating, I didn't sleep good. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is how it happens. Most of the deaths, you're going to say, I had knee surgery, I broke an ankle. So, so that's what I think is the biggest misconception. When you think of like someone who is addicted, you think it's not someone who has a good job, who has a degree and is coaching football. The demographic of men that are being addicted, are, are we represent right here, mm-hmm. us. We are the highest demographic of people becoming addicted and losing everything. Mm-hmm. 2004, I broke my leg and had surgery and had Oxycontin prescribed 
took it for a week as, you know, prescribed whatever, you know, four hours or, or whatever it was, ran out and went back for a checkup and I was fine not to, I was, I was done. But my wife was with me because I couldn't drive or anything. She took me. She told the doctor, the doctor, how's everything going? I was like, I'm good. You know, let's, I'm, I'm good. You know, that same old typical <laughs> answer, right? For, I'm good. Uh, but my wife standing right behind me said, he doesn't sleep at night. And so the doctor said, well, I'm going to refill your prescription, and I want you to take two of those every night before you go to bed. And I, my wife came from a great place. You know, she was, because I wasn't sleeping. Of course, I mean, I, my leg hurt, right? And I was wrapped up and couldn't move. But refilled the prescription, and I just, every night, was taking two before I went to bed. And when that bottle ran out a week later or whatever it was, or I was down to my last two pills or something, I remember I was sitting on the couch, my leg propped up by myself, and I looked at that bottle and I said, I'm about to run out tonight. What can I tell the doctor that he's going to give me another bottle? Mm. I had that thought, and I've never never had right. drug issues or wants or desires in my entire life. I was uh, 22 or 23 when this happened. Mm. Never struggled with drugs, and I, I remember that thought of what can I tell the doctor that he'll re- refill that for me? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I mean, five seconds later, it was you cannot get this refilled, right? And praise God for that. Praise God. Period. I mean, yeah. that was a God intervention in my life because that was not coming from me, right? Right, but but I have zero doubt if I would have had that refilled. Who knows where I would have been? Mm-hmm. But he struck my mind of you cannot get that refilled. Mm-hmm. And praise God, I've never yeah. had that struggle or issue mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. either. But yeah. right. Mm-hmm. What what's the the job, if you will, as far as like a table host, right? Just yeah. I mean, are they they responsible for recruiting for that table? I mean, is that yeah, yeah. So a table host, you know, is ideally someone who um says, you know, I'm, I want to know more about how I can help this, right? It may not be your story. It may not be a part of your family. Statistically, they say if, when the room is full, two-thirds of the room is is touched by addiction somehow, some way. Every So, so every one of us, two-thirds of us, break us up, right? Someone, they're touched. So the other half that say, hey, maybe I may not be touched, and but maybe I can bring people along who might be able to support, who might be able to give, who might be able to help because I – I don't want this to one day hit my kid or this could hit my family. So um, a table host, um, it says, you know, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to come alongside you and support this ministry by uh, getting people in the room that can hear and maybe be able to offer resources. So what they would do is um, they would fill it, go on the website, fill it out, and then recruit five other people to come with them. And it should be a fun night. Like I said, it's going to be some great music, great food, Great fellowship, and we're going to kind of present um, the plan for how we're going to be different than what's already out there. So, yeah, they would say, hey, I, I can bring five friends with me. This will be fun. Um, and you show up together, you sit together, enjoy the meal, and kind of enjoy the night. So there's no, like I said, there's no pressure to give. There will be an ask at the end of the night, um, but you don't have to pay for your plate or pay for your table. Uh, my, my thought is if, if we get in the room and just f- – pulling the curtain back here. You got to have resources, right? Everything you do costs money. The gospel's free, but it costs to get it to the ends of the earth, right? And you guys are talking about this. This this is this is great, but you got to cost to get all this equipment here and make it happen. So, for me, I'm going, "Hey, get everybody in the room. Let's tell the truth. 
about what's happening. Let's tell the truth about what our plan is and and just let the Holy Spirit work. You know, and if you want to join in, great. If you don't, then you know what we're about. And I think that's all you can do is be honest with people and and be you know, show people, hey, this is who we are, this is what we're gonna do. This is no show, no pony show. This is who we are, this is what we're gonna do. When you wanna be a part of it, then come alongside of us. So so October 13th, 6 o'clock to 7.30, if you are in the greater Nashville area, that would be a great thing for you to sign up for, recoveryrefuge.care, recoveryrefuge.care. And uh, we're going to also put a link on our website, gpstoguide.com. Thank you. I haven't asked Adam if we can do that, but uh, hey, do you mind if we do Yeah, this? go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to put a link on our website as well, but uh, recoveryrefuge.care, you can go on there get signed up for the dinner, be a table host, or uh, just go by yourself. If you don't think you can recruit or don't want to recruit, go sit at someone else's table. Um, recoveryrefuge.care, 6 o'clock to 7.30. Food, music, great stories, good times. So let's hit the book, man. So yeah. when you were here before, you talked about Mandinity. Right. You signed a copy for us, kind of walked yeah. through that. Yeah. Great story, but you got something yeah. the same but different. <laughs> it's same but different, yeah. We... Really excited about this. Um, one of the things we learned um, in prison, well, by the way, so 4,300 men go through uh, Mandini inside prison every month. So wow. we're really grateful for that. It's 100% free. Um, that's uh, digital. They go through it digitally on, on tablets. So we get about 4,300 to go through and complete the, 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 the 12 um, chapters that they have and all the questions that go along with it. So, But what we realized is that there was a majority of there's a there's a portion of men that are in prison that only speak Spanish, mm-hmm. they only read Spanish, they only communicate in Spanish, and so um, my heart was, man, what can I do? What does it cost? What? How can we get Mandini translated into Spanish? And so it took a while, right, to find somebody who's willing to take on the task, <laughs> and you know, just the whole process of translating everything. But we have officially now, hombre identidad. I don't know if I said that right. Don't judge me, right? He, he is not a native Spanish speaker. I'm not. I'm but not. He, he did call in. What's your friend's name from Colombia? I, I've called in Hater Vargas. So, there we go. So he. Uh, this is actually, we went back and forth on the title. I do know that, that there were several Spanish speakers that, because this is not a, like Mandinity isn't a normal English word, <laughs> it's right? It's a made-up word. We it's make a, up words make, here all on. the time. You know oh. what I'm saying? You got to make them up, right? So this is one of those made-up words, and so... Um, it took us a while to come up with this, but um, so anyways, people say that's the way it is. And and um, so those are out now, and officially, and I was thinking, I was telling before this, I don't know why or for what reason, but this book has already sold equivalent to what the English has since it's been out. So it's... That's you know, awesome. Yeah, there's that's lots awesome. and lots of men who are going through it. Um, we've also got it in the prison as well. So we haven't, we don't break down uh, English and Spanish, but a part of that 4,300 is, is Spanish speaking. So we're really excited about it. Um, there's actually some Spanish ministries that are going through it as well. I've given so many of these out, and it's a good 12 week study for any for any group. So anybody out there who has a Spanish ministry, or if you're a Spanish pastor, uh, feel free to contact me. Um, it's at it's the Adam French um, at the Adam French, or you can contact the Recovery Refuge. We can. Get your copies out, and um, actually, uh, Men of Valor uses this for their English and Spanish versions. So it's a curriculum at Men of Valor that they use, and another, there's a uh, several other programs that we've given it to, and um, we're supposed to use it in our Knoxville campus as well. So I'm just grateful for how God's using it, and 
as I talked about before, if you're like, all right, well, what is this about? I think you could go back and watch the other episode. We talk a lot about it, but the in the short, it's just a slow walk through your soul. You know, everybody, there's no one who ever walked planet Earth <laughs> who doesn't have pain, who doesn't have hurt, who doesn't have a story, and the that's not the problem. The problem is, is that we don't walk, we don't deal with it, right? We carry that around, we hide it, and then we walk around with the mask. Uh, because we're trying to hide the pain that we have inside. And so it's a chance for you to kind of, you know, just set the foundation, clear the slate, walk through it, and let God kind of do the work on the inside. So I always say it's an inside job. If you want to make a difference on the outside, you got to do the work on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what the book does. It's kind of a slow walk through your, through your heart. So thanks for, thanks for asking me about it. And, yeah. No. And I know there's a, there's a, about sixty right his, uh, <laughs> uh, Spanish-speaking people right next door to us, and so yeah, Adam gave a copy away today on walking up here to the studio. We had a large ESL group right next door and gave one away. We've got Mandinity on both bookshelves here, uh, trying to you know keep that word out, keep it going. So if you see that behind us, that's what that is. You can check that out again. Is it dot com your website? Or the Adam French. Um, yeah, you can just you can com. just go to uh, social medias. It's uh, yeah, it's theadamfrench.com, but also just at the Adam French. You can message me. And there's a there's a there's actually a thing that I started called Recovering with Adam that uh, it's kind of gaining traction where I'll eventually shift everything to that. But you can go to at Recovering with Adam where I talk a lot about the book and just kind of that whole social media um, <coughs> side of things is focused on recovery and healing and manhood and. And so forth. So it's kind of a baby brand that we're building up and excited about. So October thirteenth, six to seven thirty, recoveryrefuge.care. That's where you can go to find out or to get reserve your seat. We're at eighty tables. This episode is going to come out on Monday. We need by the following Monday. We need to be at a hundred. Easy. Do. That's the goal. Easy. Hundred. We need baby. to be we at a hundred in a week. So. We need a hundred. Recoveryrefuge.care. Go check it out. Get your spot. You'll probably see some of us there. So share the word. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Bring somebody you don't like. Let them come hear it too. So it's all it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. Bring come hungry too. There'll come be some hungry. good food there. Do you do you want to give a, a sneak of the menu or you want it to be a surprise? Either way, yeah, it's up to you. I mean, hey, listen, you, it's Tennessee. You can't go wrong with chicken, right? So there's going to be some chicken. There's going to be some chicken. <laughs> there's going to be some chicken. So be ready for some chicken. All right. <laughs> little, little Fano Jr., Grant, he he wouldn't care for the chicken. No, but, he's not a chicken you know, guy. He's a three-year-old not a chicken knucklehead. I understand that. He is, man. Four, how old Four. is he? Four-year-old Four, knucklehead. He Four. doesn't like chicken. Nah, man. Can you believe not that? Not yet. All my you? kids would eat was, was chicken nuggets yeah. chicken for about fries. five years. <laughs> mac and <laughs> cheese. Nah, man. <laughs> yeah. nah, man he's... Does he like mac and cheese? Not really. Oh, this kid not is really, man. What does he? He's a side special, What does he like? He's special, man. No he peanut likes, butter and jelly. No peanut butter and jelly. He likes yeah. uh, he likes spaghetti. He'll eat burgers, any kind of egg, any kind of... No sandwiches, though. Just Pasta, but not, not, not white sauce. So, I yeah, gotcha. he's very... Picky. He's very picky. Picky, yeah. But he's healthy. <laughs> Must he's have healthy. a really nice mom because he's you don't. Healthy, there was healthy. no such thing as picky in my house. <laughs> I remember sitting at the table, well, with all the lights off and everybody gone, and while well, my green beans was still on the table. As I got older, I realized that there was a sliding glass door, and that if I bribed my brother, he would slide it open, and I would wad him up and throw him out the back. <laughs> but like, she's like, "Man, you're eating, yeah, I'm eating them, yeah." They're out there, on, dogs out the there, ground. licking them up. <laughs> 
So he's got a good mom over there. Yeah, he's good, man. He's 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 one of a kind for sure. <laughs> Did I tell the Cheerio story here, or the the where I was a kid and not not with me in here. I haven't heard. So when I was a little kid, we were uh, allowed a bowl of sugar cereal. So whatever we had, you know, Fruit Loops or whatever it was. And then if we wanted a second bowl of cereal, it had to be cornflakes. Mm. And so no kid, we didn't want to eat cornflakes. There's no sugar, right? <laughs> so I got smart one day, had some Honey Nut Cheerios, and I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them. So I fill my bowl up. I mean, it is just heaping with Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> it's a school morning, so we got to eat and go catch the school bus. Yeah. So too much. I couldn't eat it all, and I didn't have enough time. And so my grandmother, we lived next door to my grandparents. My grandmother was like, all right, take that bowl. It's time to go to school. Put it in the refrigerator. Mm. So we put it Ooh. in there. I, as soon as I walk in the door from school, she's like, "Sit out, get your get your bowl of cereal, sit down." Those nice honey nice nut soggy. Cheerios were this big. <laughs> I mean, they were about three inches across and just like, falling apart. So. It was so oh. nasty. I can't even describe the consistency, but they just soaked up milk all day and just oh, nastiness. You didn't fill your bowl up that big anymore, did no. you? No. So I'm sitting there crying, <laughs> eating this stuff. I, it felt like hours. It could have only been 10 minutes. I have no idea. I might have some PTSD or something. But uh, my grandfather walked in sometime later, and he's like, man, throw that stuff away and get out of here. Said, oh, he saved me. Saved you. Yes. Oh, it was so nasty. Gotta love him. Yeah. So yeah. Grandmama wasn't playing. She didn't, she didn't play games. No, no. That was going to be wasted. Though. And I didn't mind cornflakes after, after that, that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Takes it. Mm. Yeah. Not Oof. frosted, just a regular oh, white no. box. Straight old yeah. cornflakes, mm, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that was no good as a kid. Yeah. No goodness. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Throw yeah. some raisins in there, something. Yeah. And some sugar. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sugar. Yeah. It wasn't frosted flakes. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't frosted flakes. But <laughs> recoveryrefuge.care. Make sure you go check that out. Adam, man, thanks for so much for coming back again. Uh, and we want you back. After this, man, uh, you know, we'll have you back, and you can give us another update when we're a little further down the road. Somebody has given you 40-plus acres for free Yes, to uh, go change the world and uh, uh, change a bunch of lives. And, man, we're excited to see where Recovery Refuge goes. Hope we can play some small part of that. Um, but so excited that you're getting this getting this thing fired up in God's time and not ours, right? Right, yeah. Thank you for letting me come on and talk about it. And, you know, I think, man, for me it's like, you got to have a dream, you know, and there's no reason to sit and wait. You know, if you're a man out there, you if you got something, God put something on your heart, you got to go after it. Yeah. No reason yeah. to wait. You know, I, I'm not afraid to fail because it's it's God's plan. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, in my eyes, there's no failure. There's just falling forward. I just got to keep falling forward, you know, get keep getting back up, going forward. So what what drives me is knowing that, you know, there's a man right now, and I can see his face, and I know his name, and you don't know his name, and you don't know his face, but I can see him. And I know that he's in a hotel by the airport, and his wife recently divorced him. She had to because they were they, he had stolen, he's done stolen so much that they're garnishing her wages. She was going to lose everything if she didn't. Christian woman, loves God. They're in the church, plugged in always. He's got two children, you know, one of them my coach. And he's moved on now. But I'm saying he's right now, and he would give anything. He would do anything to be able to come to a place like Recovery Refuge. And the only thing that's standing between him and getting there is just resources. Because I'm ready. 
I know the people that are ready. I'm ready to get a staff, all that together. So if you're listening and you're wanting, you're wondering if this is important, it is because there's a kid going home tonight that I know and I could say his name, but I won't, and a wife going home tonight, and she don't have her husband. And, you know, he could go. There's a lot of other places you could say he could go here, he can go there, and 30 days this. But I'm going to tell you, if you think that 30 days is going to change a man's life, and you're, you're badly, you're, you're mistaken. It's not going to happen. If Jesus took three years, I mean, how long is it going to take for him? And so um, come and be a part of it. Come join us on this mission. And uh, I'm pretty passionate about it. And, uh, you know, it happened to me. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, when my dad first left, my dad, my dad got arrested. You know, what if there had been a place for him to go? What if there had mm-hmm. been somewhere in town where everybody knows, well, that's where you go. There's, there's, a, there's a place here. It's right up the road. This is where you go. This is where you go. If you really want to get sober, if you really want to change your life, and it's not going to be easy, it won't. I can tell you that. It ain't going to be easy, right? But if you really want to change your life, there's a place you can go because people can do, have done it. Um, that's what I want for our community, where we know that and we feel, we feel great about it. We feel good about it. And, but I can't do it by myself. So I'm asking people to come alongside of us and help us and come be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. I mean, that's, that's what life's about. You know, we're created for relationships, we're created for um, community, and uh, it's going to need all the help, all the churches, everybody together. So I, I thank you for letting me come and talk about it mm-hmm. and uh, be a part of this program. So I, I hope to be back. I got a couple other projects that I'm working on, so in the future uh, we can come back and, and talk about those. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. New content. Bring, 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 bring the energy. Man, Adam brings the energy. We love having <laughs> Adam here. So recoveryrefuge.care, go check that out. October 13th is the date of the dinner. What day is that on Tuesday? That it's a Thursday. 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 Y'all ain't got nothing to do on a Thursday night. October 13th, make sure you're out there. That is going to be at Long Hollow Baptist Church in Hendersonville. Recoveryrefuge.care, secure your spot now. Don't wait, people. Don't wait. So. Fino, are you going to send us out? Uh, yes. So uh, just this morning, I was just, uh, and this just spoke to me. Um, it's about some verses, two verses about humility. Romans 12, 3 and 4. So it says, by the, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So it just speaks that it should be less of me and more of him in all that I do. Everything that I do, everything that I say, it's going to be somebody watching, even if they're not watching. Every, every action that I do on this earth should point towards him. So, And I should, you know. It's easy for us as men to beat our chest and everything about things, but mm. um, we have to remain humble and know that we're all part of his body. So We're all yeah. intertwined. We're all connected. For sure. That's exactly what Recovery Refuge is here to do. Yeah. You're right. We're all connected. So, sure. Adam, thanks for, thanks for coming. Recoveryrefuge.care, thanks for listening on this episode. Adam, thanks for being here again. Thank you. Guys, gals, you know we love you. You know God loves you more. October 13th, you ain't got nothing to do. Get out there, recoveryrefuge.care. Come check out this dinner, and we'll see you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to GPS to God. 
make sure you leave a rating or review on whichever app you happen to use. Also find us on YouTube and be sure to subscribe to our channel.